to the movies presented by StarvingTalent.com. If you're a creative professional in need of a website or promotional materials or services, stop. Why are you texting? Why are you <laughs> fucking doing that shit? I'm trying to read. I'm sending you the link for the clips. Good God. Link can, all right, thanks. All right, take two. I don't know. I think we should keep that one. <laughs> if you are a creative professional in need of a website or promotional services, contact Starving Talent today at www.starvingtalent.com. All right, on to the rules and regulations. You should know that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will try our hardest to not to divulge spoilers during the first segment of our show. However, after the first break, anything goes. Uh, we also make no attempt to keep our language clean. This show is intended to be a raw, emotional, and unedited response to the state of the entertainment industry today. If you don't like it, tough shit. Go watch Ebert and Roper. I think I mispronounced his name last podcast. I think I said Ebert. Yeah, you instead did. Instead of Ebert. You did, you did. But whatever. I, gonna, I, I didn't. I didn't want you to virtually bitch slap me for correcting you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if you have a question, comment, or uh, would like to send us a mini review, and please do. We we love to hear from our listeners. Um, you know, if you have suggestions. Um, or questions, comments, and definitely reviews. We'd love to get some reviews uh, from listeners, um, just a few sentences even, um, and we'll read them on the on the podcast every once in a while. Um, and especially movies that we haven't mentioned or seen, uh, we want to try to get as many opinions about as many different types of uh, as many different movies as we can. Uh, you can send your emails to two tones at starvingtalent.com. That's T W O. T-O-N-E-S at StarvingTalent.com. Um, we'll answer your questions if you have them, and we'll read your reviews on the podcast. I am Tony Cox. And I am Anthony Pizzuto. And today we're going to be talking about the uh, movie The Hangover. The Hangover. When three friends, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, and Bradley Cooper finally come, finally come to... Oh, finally come to – you know, I should read these before beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, could that could help. When three friends finally come to after a raunchous night of bachelor party revelry – Revelry? Can you really use revelry in a modern – Why not? I, I, okay. I, I like to go out and revel sometimes. No comments. <laughs> no, don't make any jokes. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> I revel all night long. <laughs> With a revel yell, she cried, ma, ma, ma. <laughs> um, oh, boy. So uh, when three friends finally come to after a raunchous night of party, a bachelor party revelry, they find a baby in the closet, a tiger in the bathroom, but they can't seem to locate their best friend, Doug, uh, who's played by Jason Bartha who's supposed to be tying the knot. Launching a frantic search for Doug, the trio preserves... Pers oh, pers perseveres. Sounded Holy out. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on... Sounds it's... like you were reveling all night long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on the second monitor, which is a little far away, so... 
Anyway, there's a glare. I'm bland. Anyway, they persevere through a dandy hangover to try to make it to the church on time. This is, I got to say, this is the worst description from Netflix I've ever read. Using the words dandy and revelry. Dandy's good, though. Dandy dandy is like... Have you ever had a dandy I'm going to bring all my children to see this movie. <laughs> it's, a dandy, it's a dandy hangover Oh, a movie. dandy hangover. It must be a children's movie. <laughs> Did Disney do this? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Disney version, the dandy hangover. <laughs> Pixar presents Air of the Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god in 3d oh no oh no 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 there are no, some no. parts of the hangover i do not want to see in 3d oh my god and there are some parts i do want to see in 3d yes yes um oh, heather graham's ass <laughs> you know the i don't hottest... care if she is 60 years old she is fucking hot the hottest scene I ever saw her in was the one in Anger Management when she's wearing the Red Sox bikini underwear. I don't remember this. Oh. I'm putting it in my Netflix view right now. And then and then what happens is – and then it's so funny because um, she's tr- – she's, it's a long story. But anyway, she's in, she's, in this, she's in this room with Adam Sandler and she's trying to get him to have sex with her or so it appears. And so she takes off her clothes and she's wearing – uh, a Red Sox bikini, but he's from New York and he's a Yankees fan. Oh yeah. And his the his his ex girlfriend who he's trying to woo back is uh, is also a Yankees fan. And so he refu and 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 she she tells him how he, she had a problem with her ex boyfriend calling her fat. Even though I mean okay. obviously Heather Graham's not fat. She's you know she's skinny and hot. And mm-hmm. so he re- he doesn't want to have sex with her because he's still in love with his ex girlfriend. And so she's like, and she's she's like, oh, is it because I'm too fat? Oh, you just can't you you just can't hold your vomit down long enough to have sex with this giant whale. So so then so then he's like, so then he's like, no no, in fact you're too skinny. You know you could use to gain a few pounds. And she's like, oh that's it. I'm too skinny. I'm like a broom. I'm like a stick. So she gets some ding dongs and she starts shoving them in her mouth. And she's like, oh is this better? Oh my god. So she has like chocolate all over her face and she's in this Red Sox bikini and that is the perfect woman. Mm-hmm. Damn, I just got turned on by all that. In a good way. That is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to on to the hangover. Um, some cool, um, some interesting stuff about this movie. It was funny because um, uh, Bradley Cooper uh, mentioned in an interview that uh, at, at the Toronto screening of the movie, um, the Toronto Film Festival, I guess, uh, he said that he said that nobody while they were filming this movie in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. apparently nobody realized that they were filming a movie. Really? And he was walking around like all bruised up and and beaten up, and he had like you know he had a, the the tiger claw marks on his on his neck, and nobody nobody did a double take, nobody looked at them, nobody <laughs> thought any differently than it was another average day in Las Vegas. That's hysterical. <laughs> I thought that was funny. This is also the third film that um bradley cooper and justin bartha have been in together they're both really? in new york i love you which is um 
which is coming out soon and uh, or just came out. And um, they were also the best friends in the movie Failure to Launch with um, All right. Surfer Dude. Yeah. I fucking hate Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, my God. And Sarah Jessica Parker, I, I, I can't. I can't do it. I, you know, she drives me fucking nuts. I, actually... I love Matthew Broderick, though, which is just, it's such a weird pair of the two of <laughs> which them. Which he wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, well, you know what's funny is I actually enjoy that movie. Um, and you know what's funny is I don't like Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. but I like a lot of his movies. And, you know, I don't know, it's weird. Um, he needs to go away. And I don't like, I, I think Sarah Jessica Parker is one of the ugliest actresses I've ever seen. She's not a pretty. I mean, she, her body is smoking. Don't get me wrong, but I that do, face is like. I, I, I feel like I want to like feed her carrots or something. You know, it's like <laughs> on a horse farm or something. <laughs> Pop a saddle on her and take her through the trails. My God, I. You know, I. I actually don't. I disagree. I don't even. I don't think she's that attractive. Um, you know, it's. Well, oh, are you saying that I think horses are attractive? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. You know, <laughs> it gets lonely on Staten Island, apparently. <laughs> you know what's funny Thanks. is that's odd because you do like to watch the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Ponies really turn my crank. <laughs> um, I just think it's disgusting when you can see bones between, like, between the collarbone and the bust line. There, you should not be able to see bones in that area mm, popping through no. the skin. Yeah. I think that's gross, but um, anyway, I, I I don't like her that much as an entertainer either. Um, but I you know I, I I actually enjoy that movie, and I also like um, the movie uh, Sahara with with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Steve Zahn. I love Steve Zahn. I love everything Steve Zahn is in. Yeah, he's really he's really funny. If there was a movie with just Steve Zahn sitting in a chair for two hours, I would watch it. Yeah, that's how much I love Steve Zahn. Coming to Broadway soon, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Zahn, chair Steve starring Zahn. Steve Zahn. Um, um, also, um, apparently, while f- while filming this movie, because um, there's a Mercedes, there's a very a very nice Mercedes in this movie that um, um, doesn't end up being nice by the end of the movie, and um, apparently. Um, while they were filming, uh, one of the beat-up versions of the Mercedes got was stolen from the parking lot where they were really? keeping. Yeah, where they were keeping all the. They had, <laughs> they had like they had several different versions of the Mercedes, and one of the ones that was the beat-up version got stolen. Well, uh, a few days later, or no, then I'm sorry, the next day, yeah, they were filming a driving sequence in traffic. And um, so the local police would like hold hold the regular hold the real traffic. Mm-hmm. And wait for them to shoot, and then they would let the traffic go, and then they would hold it again to shoot. And apparently, they were doing a shot, and in the traffic that the cops were holding was the beat-up Mercedes that was stolen. And so the filmmakers just kept rolling, and they didn't they didn't say cut or anything. And they walked over to the police officers, and they pointed out the the vehicle, and they said, uh, "That's the that's the car that was stolen." And so the police just walked over, pulled the guy oh out, arrested God. him, and gave the car back to the production. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny too. Um, but my question is, there's a parking lot filled with you know six or seven 
Mercedes ranging from drop dead gorgeous, you know, all the same model, but drop dead gorgeous <laughs> condition to to smashed up to pieces, not so dandy condition, <laughs> and and they steal the the beat up. <laughs> trashed mercedes <laughs> what's what's the, what's the methodology behind that one i my only my only my only theory for that you're absolutely right because who what kind of thief would say it's like it's like you know you 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 walk into a jewelry store and there's a cubic zirconia and a diamond and you steal the cubic zirconia <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, why exactly. would you why would you do that um my only hypothesis would be that maybe it was damaged in such a way that they couldn't secure it like they couldn't lock it or something oh that makes sense that's the only thing i can yeah. think of and maybe it was just easier to steal but even yeah. then it's you would have had to have known that it's a movie set yeah so why would I, you steal it it's not going to be worth anything right so eh, people are stupid Anyway, so what did you think of the movie? What did you think overall? It was uh, it was it was a movie that I've been looking forward to um, as well. Um, my my friend Chris, uh, you know Chris, Chris uh, showed me uh, the trailer for it, and I just died laughing during the trailer. And um, and uh, it has such a great cast. I mean, um, Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, which I've never seen him in a movie before. I, you know, he's on The Office as um, Andy Bernard, and he's a, uh, and he's a former uh, Daily Show correspondent. Yes, Daily Show. Uh, I mean, so he's been on television, and we've seen him in those those kind of elements, but I've never actually seen him in a in a film. And the character that he plays is just hysterical. Um, I agree. I I didn't know if he would be able to you know carry a character through a movie like this, mm-hmm. and, and he, he did it. He was the biggest surprise of the movie. He really was. Mm-hmm. He was one of my favorite characters. Him him and Zach Galifianakis were my favorite characters. I mean, Bradley Cooper was good. But, I mean, he seems to always kind of play the, the same cocky, pretty boy kind of parts. At least from, from but, the few movies that I've seen him but in. But it's at different levels. He finesses it. <laughs> he does. Because, like, this is almost the same character he plays in Wedding Crashers. But in Wedding Crashers, he's a complete douchebag. And you hate him. That that is true, but there he does some he does do some douchey things um, in this movie. He, he's just like he he plays the roles of the the college boy who never right. got out of that frat boy mentality. Right. But you know, but it's because he's you know, and I'm saying this with every ounce of heterosexuality that I have. <laughs> <laughs> which is, he is a good looking guy. He's a pretty boy. Yeah. And he has the personality that that carries that that frat boy per, you know persona, and so you know run with it. Um, and then Bartha, um, he was I mean he's in the movie, but he's kind of barely in the movie. <laughs> it's like a cameo. Um, he, what did he like? He worked. He must have worked what three days on the entire film, and they, you know, and then they wrapped him, and then they shot you know the rest of the thirty days. Uh, he's really he's really not in it as much as you would think, but he's like one of the he's the pivotal character too, which is yeah. which is kind of funny. well. I actually I actually enjoyed the fact that um because because it's interesting because you know Zach Galifianakis is I, I love watching him in a movie. He is just you never know what he's going to do next, and the character he plays in this movie is that's one thing. The characters in this movie are so realistic. Uh-huh. Like you, like this isn't your typical like you know R-rated teen comedy. It's really a movie with genuine characters in it that mm-hmm. are, just find themselves in this extraordinary set of circumstances. 
And this is a this is a set of circumstances that could happen. It's not like like these movies where they hop on a bus to go track down, you know, their high school sweetheart and she's at the Playboy Mansion and right. they make friends with Hugh Hefner. It's not one of those movies. It's a it's a real movie with real situations that well, totally happen. Well, that's the thing is like every everything that happens in this I mean with the exception of maybe the whole tiger thing and we'll get into that after the break. <laughs> that was the only that hasn't part happened to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, I mean that's the only thing that I thought was a little far-fetched, but even then the way they the way they portray it like it's it works. But you're right, every every situation that they and and every how they end up in the situation is totally believable. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it all takes place in Las Vegas is the perfect. This, this is the only place you could have these things happen is in Las Vegas. You couldn't have this stuff happen in like you know L.A. or New York. No, it I has mean to it be has Las to be Las Vegas. And but the fact that the characters were so realistic, and there was there was really what I found amazing about this movie is that it was. First off, I have not seen a movie this funny since Superbad. Yeah, no, Superbad was the last was... movie I saw that made me laugh this hard, mm-hmm. and um, and that's a great thing because Superbad is a great movie, and I actually thought this movie was a little bit better than Superbad, simply because going back to the characters. I mean, that's what movies are about. They're you have to connect with these characters, and you have to feel yeah. for these characters, and you have to relate to these characters in some way, mm-hmm. and you you totally do in this movie, and yeah, because absolutely. of that. You're 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 drawn in, you're pulled in, and it just takes you on a ride. And you know, just you know, just like the other great movies we've talked about, like Star Trek and Up, mm-hmm. it's all about the characters. And this movie does, I mean, it delivers full force the characters. Mm-hmm. And they're so, you know, it's 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 not an over exaggerated movie. It's a yeah. very it's a very truthful movie in a lot of ways, you know, and and I don't want to downplay the comedy because it is hysterically oh, funny. Oh, it is. It is. It really. And is. you see things in this movie that 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 are just. I never want to see again. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, well, let's take a break. Uh, let's take a break, and um, and when we come back, we'll talk more in detail about about the movie because I want to talk about some specific scenes, and I don't want. Um, if anybody's listening to this and wants to remain spoiler free, um, uh, we just recommend you go see the movie. Um, it's hysterical. Um, I, you know, I saw it in the theaters. Um, you know, obviously, because it just came out, um, <laughs> and it was worth it. I mean, it was worth the money to go watch it on the big screen. Um, you oh, know, absolutely. if you know, it, you know, I went to a matinee. I would, I always recommend going to matinees simply because they're cheaper. <laughs> but, uh, but go see it, go see it, and uh, and if you're gonna wait for it to come out on DVD, get it as soon as it comes out because it's hysterical. Um, so let's take a break. We'll be right back. Zach, your character is probably the weirdest. What's your take on him? Probably a guy that had a lot of uh, drugs. He just played with, around with drugs, and just was a loner kind of guy that went to raves he ate too many glow sticks but he's sweet it's not that he has a malicious thing about him no he, he's, he's so sweet, sweet. In an awkward way are you sure you're qualified to be taking care of that baby what are you talking about i found a baby before you found a baby before yeah where coffee bean there's your car officers on the way back thank you oh my god oh my god and we're back talking about the hangover 
And uh, all right, so the first thing, the first scene I want to talk about is, and probably the standout scene of the entire movie for me, because it was just so fucking wild, <laughs> was when they opened the trunk, and <laughs> this naked Asian man flies out of the bag. <laughs> that was. I mean, I could not. And you see everything. I mean, you, you. Oh my you, god! You see everything. I actually I mean, felt really bad for the little Asian man. Well, it's funny because I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, you know, I don't care how small his testicles really are. That guy <laughs> has got some giant cojones to do that. There is a lot of dick in this movie, of course. But the thing is, it, cock is in this year or the past, you know, five years. I think it's coming back because I have yet I haven't seen a lot of lot of lot of uh, tits and ass lately. But I've seen lots of lots of penis on the big screen, which well, is kind of freaking me out, man. I, I mean, look at what was the one for getting Sarah Marshall? We see that guy's wang for you know. I know, but it's like. I don't know, like forgetting Sarah Marshall in this movie. I feel. I mean, I feel it's okay because it's funny. And they don't do it like in, in Dewey Cox, like they do it just to do it. Yeah. In, no, I mean, it that was a little annoying. In this movie and in other movies, they do it because it's funny in the situation. I mean, mm -hmm. if you describe the scene as, hey, they open up, like if you're reading the script and it says, it says, you know, uh, what was his name anyway? What was this character's name? Oh, I forget. Let me see if I can find it. Um, oh, I have it up right here. Mr. Chow. No, 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 not him. The The Bradley Cooper's character. Phil. Oh, Phil. Phil. Um, you know, so you're reading the script and it says, and it says, Phil opens trunk. Small, naked Chinese man leaps out and it, and, and grapples himself onto Phil's head. <laughs> that is hysterical. Yeah. I mean, no that was the funniest. Was, well, I don't even know if it was the funniest scene in the movie, but that was a funny scene. I mean, it was, it was hysterical. Um, but the Mr. Cow. <laughs> oh my god. He was so I've seen him in other stuff and like like he's a funny guy. He plays funny characters and sometimes he goes overboard, but this was just hysterically plays this gay Chinese mafia guy with you know uh Mexican henchmen. It was just brilliant. I mean that's the thing is like you gotta be fresh and new in comedies like this, and that's something we've never seen. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, no, yeah. I've I never seen a movie with a naked a... gay Chinese mobster guy with, <laughs> you know, Mexican henchmen. I mean, it was hysterical. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and the whole thing with the tiger, like, so they steal, so they steal Mike Ty while they're drunk. It, that's what's so great about this movie is like you don't know what happens until they figure it out. Right, right. It was just so brilliant. And <laughs> and they find out that they steal Mike Tyson's tiger out of his house and piss <laughs> in his pool. That was the funniest thing. He pisses in his pool. And then, and then they steal. Oh, it was just, it was hysterical. What was your moment, favorite part? Um, I, pretty pretty much the beginning. When, the, tiger, the tiger scene when Zach Galifianakis goes into the bathroom to take a piss. And, and he turns, he's just he's, and he's just, he's just pissing. Yeah, he turns. He's still peeing while he's turning. So he's pissing on the wall at this point, and he sees the tiger, and then he turns back again, 
and continues to pee. And then he realizes <laughs> that there's a tiger and he just bolts and he's bare ass naked. He just has a T-shirt on. And here's more balls and cock in the movie. And he just runs out. <laughs> he trips over Phil. Phil, he's very naked. There's a tiger in the bathroom. There's a tiger in the bathroom. Pretty much any scene that Zach Galifianakis was in was my favorite scene. He was, he, he, he's a funny fuck. And in this movie, he, in this movie, he, he, he was a shining freaking light bulb in that movie. He was great. Him and Ed Helms are were like my two favorite parts of this movie because they just came out of nowhere. Exactly. Like exactly. you, co- you don't expect. Like, I did not expect Ed Helms to be as good as a, as, I don't want to say as good as an act. Well, yeah, as good as, I mean, I didn't expect his character to be so engaging and for you to feel so much for his character. Oh, yeah. And and you do. And, and I mean, Zach, Zach Galifianakis is just, have you ever seen his stand-up? I've never seen him stand-up. Oh, God, you should see his stand-up because it is Oh, it's amazing. And, um, and, uh, he, like, cause his character makes you laugh hysterically and then feel so awkward and uncomfortable at the same time. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. He's like, when he's like, we're the three best friends and they're never, we're never going to leave each other. We're the three best friends and we're never going to leave each other. And he's like singing. <laughs> He's he, he's like he's he has the mentality of like a a fourteen year old you know uh, it's just so damn charming his character like like <laughs> like when he's like oh yeah I can uh, um, yeah anytime you guys want to do this again um, oh for next week so uh, but anytime after that I'm good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what character it's like his character is just such a, like a child and it's it's but he plays it well he doesn't overdo it. No, and that's the thing is like he just I was I was he just he just said the things he says are so weird but he just does it with a stone face. And yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, and that and that's and that's the charming thing about it. You believe it. When he reads the letter that he prepared at before they start drinking. Oh, <laughs> when he's right before they do the toast with the Jägermeister and he's like and he's like, he's like, I just want to read something I prepared on the way over. And he does the whole thing about how he was the lone wolf. And he's like, could there be two of us? Now there's two of us. Because I was by myself before, and now there's two of us. And now we're a two-pack of wolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to go see the movie again. It was, it was such a – I mean, oh man, I cannot stress how – hysterical this movie was there are just so many funny parts to talk about i mean ed the whole ed helms plays a dentist and, and he, he, he he's missing his tooth when he wakes up and then later on you find out that phil bet him that he was he, that he wasn't a good dentist and he goes i'm such a good dentist i could pull my own tooth out and so he did <laughs> oh what'd you think of the pictures at the end did you did you stay for the the photos i was just about to say that yes stay through the photos uh i think that was the best way to end that movie was oh. with the pictures because it it's it's a slideshow of the entire evening that we they that they forgot yeah and um some of the pictures are so fucking ridiculous oh my God. i i just i just gotta say zach galifianakis 
those last those last few pictures oh, with him in the elevator. Oh my god! Well, I I just have to say <laughs> that I get he's if getting a blowjob. An old woman. If that was <laughs> real, did you see the last one when he's puts his hand up towards the camera as though like he didn't yeah. really, he really yeah. didn't want them yeah. to take that picture? And if that was if that was I, you know I if that was really mm-hmm. him. Like, if that was what mm-hmm. he really has, like, that guy's huge for being that short. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the gayest two tones broadcast in the history of our show. It is. Well, what other movie do you see with this much, you know, twig and berries? I mean, it was just, it Deep was, <laughs> it was no pun intended, nuts. <laughs> oh, that was, <laughs> <Ba-boom>! boom. <laughs> um, Yes, I, I mean it. Just it's such a great movie, and it was um, it was shocking how it was just shocking how how well it was done. I mean, it was a really well done movie too. Yeah, I mean, I was just completely. I was, I was... It was good. So, so our recommendation is that you go see it. If you haven't already, it's hysterical. Um, So now we're going to do a couple of rapid-fire reviews. Um, I watched uh, Sex Drive the other night with uh, James Marsden and a bunch of other people that we've never heard of. Um, Have you heard of this movie, (laughs) Sex Drive? Haven't. <laughs> um, we watched it. We watched it on pay per view there, um, and it's I. It's 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 your basic teen comedy where this kid is a virgin and he's talk. He talks to this girl online and he pretends to be um, his brother, who's played by James Marsden. And James Marsden is the best thing in the movie. He's absolutely hysterical. He plays a character like we have yep. never seen him play, and it's just incredible. Um, I mean, I don't really recommend watching the movie because it's it's just a, it's a giant two hour cliche. But um, mm-hmm. some notable some notable uh, performances are um, Seth Green plays this Amish kid, and oh, um, yeah. and I apparently there's and it's interesting because I learned something about Amish people from this movie, and that's that apparently. <laughs> When they turn 16, and I, did you know this? I did not know this, but when they turn, when Amish kids turn 16, they're allowed to go live in the world for a year and experience everything that we experience. You know, I actually, I did hear that, and I didn't know if it was true or not, um, but I, I have heard that before. Apparently it's it's true. It's 100% true. It's a it's a it's an Amish tradition, mm. and um, they can do whatever they want. They can have sex. They can, you know, drive cars. They can play video games. They can do whatever. And so, the funniest one of the funniest moments in the film is um, the there. So they the, the, these kids end up stealing their brother's um, 1969 Pontiac GTO um, Judge Edition. That's just immaculate condition. It's mm-hmm. amazing, and it breaks down. And so. Uh, one of the kids is standing next to the car and Seth Green pulls up in a buggy and cart and he's obviously Amish and he goes, uh, Hey, do you need, do you need a hand? Do you need help? And the kid starts laughing and he goes, uh, yeah, but, um, I mean, no offense. And he's like, Oh, 
Oh, so you think because I'm Amish, I would know nothing about your 1969 GTO Judge with a 427, you know, all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, he goes, man, that thing must have fell from space. Well, good luck with that, spaceman. And he starts to, like, <laughs> leave. And the kid's like, wait, wait up, wait up. And so there's this ride. They So he hitches a ride. And so they're talking. And they have this really great conversation. And then he goes, um, the best part in the whole movie is uh, – the kid asks Seth Green's character, he says, so he tells him about this tradition, this Amish tradition. And so he asks him, he says, well, what do you miss most about the world? And Seth Green's character says, uh, he says, he says, to be honest, he says, uh, I miss sarcasm. It's, uh, it's pretty much lost on our people. Really? Yeah. And then the funniest thing is through the rest of the movie, he's nothing but sarcastic to everybody. It's so funny, like, because then they they're fixing the car and he gives it back to the other kid, the kid who who whose brother owns the car, and and he goes, oh, thank you so much, thank you. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, and he's like, that's what we do, you know. We like to fix fix our neighbor's stuff, you know, for nothing. And he's like, great, ah, you know, I you know, I I, I wish I had something to give you. He's like, oh no no, it's fine, it's what we do, you know. Of course, if you wanted to help out with chores and stuff, you know, that'd be that'd be great too. Oh, you know, we're kind of in a hurry. <laughs> Oh yeah, you got to get on the road, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, you know. Um, yep. He's like, oh, but we'll be back. We'll 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 hitch on the way back. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait for you to return. Oh, in fact, here we're all gonna <laughs> hold our breath. Ready? Three, two, one. <gasps> anyway, it was it was funny. It's I, I mean I don't recommend watching it because it's a giant cliche unless you really want to see James Marsden be hysterical. Um, but uh, he was he was uh. Cyclops, right? He was Cyclops. He was also he was also uh, James Marsden. Yeah, he was. He was also Mister Lois Lane in Superman Returns. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. Huh. So you you saw you watched Dead End the other night. Yeah, Dead End. It came out in two thousand three. I'd, I'd seen it. Um, I saw it when it first came out. Well, actually, I rented it like back in two thousand four, two thousand five. And um, it's a horror movie. It stars, um, which it's, I don't it's, watch. It's one of those anxiety. Yeah, I, I love horror movies. Tony here doesn't for some reason. Um, but Ray Wise, um, who uh, I don't know. I've, I, I, ever since I was a little kid, I, I've always just I've always appreciated uh, the adrenaline rush that sometimes you get from these movies. I mean, now now that I'm getting older, it's it, few and far between but there's still a little sense of anxiety and, and the anxiety kind of movies are the ones i like like um deep water this one in particular because there's only four characters in it oh five characters in it and what the premise is, is that they're driving on this stretch of road and um they they the father kind of falls fa- the father is played by ray weiss who um people might know him from the oh. show uh reaper which is on cw he plays the devil uh, he's been in thousands of movies he, um no, no, that's ray weiss. but um um, but he plays the father, and Lynn Shea's in it as well. Um, and Lynn Shea, I love Lynn Shea, but she's one of those actresses that you, you see her in everything, but you never know her name. And she also has been around forever and done thousands of movies, but she's never been like a star. She's always just been kind of like a, a supporting character and whatnot. But anyway, Ray, uh, the father falls asleep at the wheel, and when he wakes up, he swerves to miss a car, and, and that's when the adventure begins. And, and pretty much... Um, they're driving through this, this, this back roads to get to, um, uh, Lynn Shea's mother's house for Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve dinner. And, um, 
along the way, they see this woman in white standing on the side of the road, and she's holding a baby. And, um, you know, they pick her up to try to figure out what's wrong with her. And I don't want to give away the movie, but it's just one of those. It, it's, it's a horror movie. It's a suspense movie. There's a lot of crazy shit that happens. Um, it's funny um, at the same time, but it, it's purposefully funny, you know. Yeah. Um, go, go rent it. It's 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 really it's really one of those horror movies that that it's campy but it's also enjoyable. I mean, and this is the second time I've rented it. Um, I actually I forgot the name of the movie because um, it's been years since I've seen it, and so I I spent a good forty five minutes researching the internet trying to find out what the movie was so I could rent it again, and I didn't. I I was I was satisfied the second time around too. I actually on net Netflix I think I gave it four and a half stars. So wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, what about you? Anything else? I watched um, <laughs> I watched Night at the Museum, the first one. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I know, I know. You you had mentioned when did you you actually walked out? I I went to the movie theater and saw the Night at the Museum Part One. This was whenever it was three years ago, and um, I stayed for about fifteen minutes, maybe twenty. And I looked over. I was with Emily. Uh, uh, we went to go see it together, and um, we both looked at each other and were like, "Okay, that's it. We got to go." And we left. It was horrible, wow. horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, I, 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 I couldn't do it. I gotta say the. I, I gotta be honest and say the first the first thirty minutes is actually pretty bad. Um, and then it and then it kind of turns into what it says it delivers, and that's, um. And that's you know kind of a fun adventure flick um, and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, it was it was okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I don't blame you for walking out because the beginning is actually really bad. Um, and it, it's not until it's the it was nice because you know at first you're watching it and you're like, wow, is this you know is he is it going to be him fumbling with this whole thing the whole time? But then once he he gets it I figured out really stand. quick, and then once he gets it figured out really quick about why you know how everything's coming to life and stuff, and he figures out how to handle it all, um, it then then it starts to get good, um, and it and it turns into what it delivered, what it says it's going to deliver, and his son ends up like the character's son ends up coming in to the to the to the to the museum and then it's this big adventure and i mean that and then it starts to get good but i mean it's if you don't have kids you know and uh, you know i'm not a bit i'm not a huge ben stiller fan either in fact but robin williams uh, is in it and i love robin williams and um yeah. and i forget yeah. the guy who played the guy who was in um actually i'll just look it up the guy who was in hamlet 2 um and he was also he played the director in Tropic Thunder. Um, he's in it. Um, it's Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Yeah, you'll you'll you'd know him if you saw a picture of him. He's um he's hysterical and he plays um. He plays a, a Roman um, general in Night at the Museum. He's funny. So, all right, let's take a quick break, um, and then we'll come back and uh, we're gonna do movie trivia. We're gonna face off the Tony versus Tony movie trivia. Dun dun dun. <laughs> 
What I thought was really great about your character was that she's a stripper, but yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't really look at her like mm-hmm. she was really sleazy or anything. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of like this entertainer. Yeah, I kind of thought like maybe she's like a hippie and she thinks her stripping is like a very spiritual way to commune with her sexuality and share it with the world. I had dated like all these struggling rocker dudes that were kind of jerks and that then I meet, you know, Ed Helms' character and he's just a dream come true because he's just like the perfect dad for my baby. <clears throat> you remember our friend Doug? Are you kidding? He was the best man at our wedding. Exactly. Well, we can't find him and we're getting a little worried. Oh my god. That is so Doug. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm, I'm going to go clean him off. Sorry, Daddy didn't mean it. Oh my god. She is wearing my grandmother's ring. What? The ring I'm going to give to Melissa. You remember my grandmother's Holocaust ring? I didn't know they give out rings at the Holocaust. And we are back. We're back, and we're going oh to movie. Tra- oh my god! Look out! <laughs> All right, <laughs> Doug, here come the two Tonys. This is this is Tony versus Tony movie trivia to crown right. the ultimate trivia champion of the galaxy of all time. No, not really. It's just a. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, I'm I'm going to ask you a question, yeah. and then you're going to ask me a question, and we're going to keep score. All right, I'll keep score. Okay, because because right. I steer the ship. So because I keep score, I get twenty points right off the bat. Hey, <laughs> I don't like the way this game is being played. I'm just kidding. All right, I won't give myself twenty points. Um. <laughs> I mean, don't go out of your way to take those points away. <laughs> I don't want you to hurt yourself. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so trivia question number one for Tony mm. Pizzuto. Who wrote the screenplay for Regarding Henry? J.J. Abrams. You son of a bitch. Yeah, you son of a bitch! <laughs> did you know that? I did know that. Oh, you! Fucker. He also wrote the screenplay to Forever Young and uh, a couple other ones that you wouldn't expect JJ to write. That's so true. I can't believe I'm stalking it. him. I would not <laughs> well. That, yeah. Okay. All right, Tony Cox. Who was the first female? To direct a movie that raked in over $100 million. Penny Marshall. Oh, very good. Yes. <laughs> and what was the movie? Um, that's, not, that's not a scoring question, but do you yeah. know the movie? Uh, I'm going to say A League of Their Own. Uh, close. It's actually big. Big. Oh, I, I knew that. I knew very good, that. Tony Cox. All right. Right. So we're even. We're tied one and one. This is a Star Wars trivia question. Oh, damn you. And if you don't get it, you are a loser. I'm going to hand over my helmet. <laughs> According to George Lucas himself. Oh, dear. Who did he base the character of Han Solo on? What real life person did he base the character of Han Solo on? Man, <laughs> I want to say Steve McQueen, but I'm going to say Steve McQueen. Is that your final answer? 
Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Ah! It was his good friend and fellow director, Francis Ford Coppola. Really? Yep. Wow. All right. Damn. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Tony Cox. What cult movie star once served as Bill Cosby's stand-in on The Cosby Show? What cult movie star? Well, I would assume he's black. There I go, being racist again. There, why, why would he have to be black? <laughs> he could be tanned white. He'd just be that tall? <laughs> <laughs> Every every podcast, I say something racial or sexist or some something stupid. That's all right. I'll um, answer the phone on that one. <laughs> um, what cult movie star was his stand-in? I'm uh, watching your hands. What's that? I'm watching your hands. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no IMDb. No IMDb. Um, what cult movie star? All right. Well, what are some cult movies? Um, Jesus. Can you give me a hint? Is he African-American? Yes, yes. Okay. I don't know any African-American cult movie stars. Of course the, you do. All the African-American movie stars I know are successful. <laughs> well, um, I mean, maybe they're successful now. Oh. You know what? That sucks because you didn't give me a hint. <laughs> you didn't ask for a hint. I know. Oh, trust me, you're gonna need a hint on the on the last question I give you. Okay. Um Oh god. I'm gonna say Oh I'm gonna say Samuel L. Jackson. You are so very correct. Oh, Dank. Yes. I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading two to one. All right. Your final answer. And I will give you I will give you a hint. Okay. I will give you a hint because you're totally never gonna get this question. What All right. and I'll tell you, I'll even let you use IMDB for this question. Really? What? Yep. Because the, it's a okay. it's sort of a trick question, but it's a great mm-hmm. trivia question. What what is Kurt Russell's highest grossing film? I'll give you a hint. He's in it for just a minute mm-hmm. or two, and he's not on camera. It's his voice, and it's not an animated film. Damn. It's a tough one because he's not credited. It's the highest grossing film that he has ever been a part of. And and it's tough because he's not even in the credits. He did it as a favor to the director. Just his voice. Yeah. And it's not even and it's not he's he's doing he's doing of the voice of somebody else in the movie. It's wow. such a hard. It's the um, voice of someone else. Hold on, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll even tell you what part he plays. All right. It's the voice of Elvis. 
because he played Elvis in a movie. Once. Is it Bubba Hotep? No. Is it Bubba Hotep? No. Oh, uh, what? What is? What is it? It's Forrest I get, Gump. I Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's Forrest Gump. He what? He did the voice of Elvis in Forrest Gump as a favor to Robert Zemeckis. And he didn't want to be credited because he just wanted it to be between the two of them. But somehow it got out. And so that's his like that's Kurt Russell's personal trivia question is he says, what's my highest grossing movie? And nobody gets it because he's not even in the credits for it. But he did because he played when he was 27. He played uh, I forget what the name of the movie was, but he played a movie. He played Elvis in a movie. Really? Yeah. And he's he's because he knew Elvis. Well, I don't know if he he didn't know him like they weren't buddies, but he was when he when Kurt Russell was it was like 10 or 11. He was in a movie with Elvis Presley and he he met him and they were in a scene together. And um, and uh, so he he does a great I mean, he his Elvis is pretty good um, because he doesn't do like a. He doesn't do like an, an an imitation of him. He like embodies like because yeah. when he, he said that when he did the research for the movie that he because Elvis Elvis wasn't even Elvis like Elvis had to create that persona of Elvis mm-hmm. right and so he did the research into how Elvis went about doing that and then mm-hmm. he used that to create the persona of Elvis within the movie so wow yeah so sorry that was a cheap shot. All right. Yeah, that was well. This one's gonna be pretty tough for you too, I think. Okay. Um, what what novel? See, we already we already started oh, off bad because you don't know how to read. <laughs> Outside of screenplay format, that's true. What I... novel was the basis? <laughs> what novel was the basis for the 1979 movie Apocalypse Now? Oh, are you serious? That's your question? Yeah. Heart of Darkness. <laughs> You're an asshole. Because we had to read it in eighth grade. How did you know that? Because we had to read it in eighth grade. Are you uh, no, 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 no. When I was a senior in high school, we had to read it, and then we watched Apocalypse Now, because that was the, what the movie was based on. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I feel like this is Slumdog Millionaire beating you up and you're telling me how you know the answer now. <laughs> how did you know that Dr. Doctors was written? <laughs> you suck. I can't. I, Fine, I, just answered, I just answered all your questions. I got all of them right. Yeah, I don't like this game. <laughs> I don't like this game. I am trivia master. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I invite no. anybody. What? I invite anybody to email in a question, a trivia question, for me or for or for the both of us, and we'll see if we can get it. And I and I and I promise, I promise, we will not look up. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Email them in, email them in, and you, Tony, yeah, will, will catch them. Okay. And then you can ask them of me during the podcast, and that way you'll know that I don't research them ahead of time. Okay. So, if anybody has a trivia question, try try to stump me. Um, I am the ultimate movie. I am I am right now claiming a stake to the ultimate movie trivia guy in the world. You're a douche. I yeah. <laughs> I gotta be good at something because I'm not. You know, I can't. You know, I can't look all you know ripped like you. 
<laughs> so I gotta, I gotta be good at something. It's this and it's this in video games. I know. Behold me. I am a thing of greatness. Um, <laughs> I ain't holding you. I anymore. want people to ask me questions. Any ladies out there <laughs> who are single and under the age of forty, um, care for a good night on the town in New York City? Please send your emails. Tony Cox will screen them for you. <laughs> <sighs> or, or all right, let's wrap this. What? I would say, okay, people can send in questions, and then if they, if they, um, they can specify who they want asked to, if they have a preference. Okay. And if it's like ridiculously easy for me, then I'll ask you. Oh. <laughs> I dub this assholery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this bitch up. That's All what right. She said. Um. Oh. Uh, so f- any final thoughts or is that about it? Um, the hangover was good. Go see it. Uh, don't go see Night of the Museum part one. Actually, go see it. <laughs> Whatever. Dead end. Go rent dead Make end. Make up your own mind. And uh, don't, sex don't... drive, uh, unless you like giant cliches, <laughs> unless for some reason, uh, American Pie one through 16 didn't satisfy your, your <laughs> s- teenage sexiness enough, then go see sex drive or go rent it. Um. Okay. Great. We'll catch y'all next time. And uh, yeah, remember all. to email questions, reviews, or trivia to two tones at starvingtalent.com. That's T W O T O N E S at starvingtalent.com. So for two Tonys go to the movie. This is Tony Cox and. Anthony Pizzuto <laughs> signing off. Actually, I think I, 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 I'm Tony Pizzuto, and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Bye.